Well, I saw my next guest featured in the Toronto Star in a fascinating article entitled At the Top and Aging Out. It was an impressive uh, spread featuring fierce female leaders who are not allowing age to stop them from being dynamic leaders in their fields. Former Chief Human Resources Officer at RBC, Zabine Hirji, is now an executive advisor on the future of work and in what she calls her purposeful third act. Welcome, Zabine. Thank you, Maggie. I'm delighted to be joining you this morning. Oh, I'm happy to have you. Uh, Tell us about this purposeful third act. Okay, thank you. That's my favorite question. So great great place to start. Uh, So as I uh, transitioned from my full-time, full-on career, uh, I was at RBC for my entire career. And uh, as uh, you indicated, I was the chief um, HR officer for 10 years until 2017, and was moving on to my third act, which for me, is really this this period post your uh, your full time full on career, and generally, it's you know it's the third sort of the the last third of of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I stepped back and and started asking myself, um, who do I want to be in this act? And much more than just what do I want to do, mm-hmm. and it it really led me to reflect on who I had been, what I had done, and what was left to do that I hadn't uh, perhaps gotten to and even had the chance to think about. And so this idea of purposeful, there, there's quite a bit of conversation around third act, next chapter, different uh, uh, phrases used for it, but applying this idea of purpose, where I'm really focused very much like I would have been in in my uh, professional career, my on what is what's the difference that I want to make? Mm. And I stepped back and I articulated my purpose as unlocking the potential of people and building inclusive prosperity. Now, when I step back to think about it, it is really what I had spent certainly the 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 second 20 years of my career doing, but now it was about how do I, um, what do I need to do? How do I almost, it's becoming an entrepreneur and creating this portfolio of activities, which for me have a blend of business activities that I have. And the the bulk of it is really around um, engaging with uh as an advisor to governments, um, universities involved with not-for-profits to advance my purpose, which in which is also, you know, I look for that alignment of purpose of to unlock the potential of people and grow um, and build inclusive prosperity. Yeah. And um, so that, you know, we can, we can sort of, you can ask me where you want yeah. me to double well, for some more detail, but that's in a nutshell, it's, that's the idea. Yeah. So I love that because it's like the intentionality of where you spend oh. your energy and your time and your space in this yeah. third chapter of, uh, of your life. You know, I, I saw you, as I said, featured in this star article, um, and it was primarily about ageism. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I love the fact that you've called this part of your life the the purposeful third act, because I think, 
you know, in in the corporate world, in the in the career world in general, uh, women, when we get to a certain age, we're kind of dismissed, removed aside, we're seen as not being relevant anymore, um, but have so much still to offer. And so what does that look like as you talk about, you know, the future mm-hmm. of work as well? How can, uh, and let's talk about women specifically, how can yeah. older women come alongside younger women to show you know, in mentoring, in, in I feel like the two generations, the, many generations can work side by side and can learn so much from each other, but that doesn't often happen in the work world, Zabine. Yeah, yeah. So if in looking at, um, I mean, certainly for me, and I think partly because that was my role and my inclination, I did spend a, a lot of time mentoring and sponsoring women um, but in in this particular act, you know, first of all, for me, it was um, the as you would have seen in the article was a little bit of a spin of how do how do I how do we women who are in their third act redefine age yeah. as something of value uh, and as potential to be unlocked and help society and 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 business to see that um, and. Um, and and you know taking it, I, I frankly I didn't want a uh, seven twenty four three sixty five intense career. I wanted to do other things, and so um, it, it took for for me that was in in a way the 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 challenge and the excitement yeah. um, to to do that. But I in terms of mentoring sponsoring and you know the big part here i would say is is making connections after a long career i realized how much social capital relationship capital i have and so just you know as an example a couple of weeks ago i brought together a group of women into my home and it was a mix of uh experienced leaders there were mostly women who were still working um full time and um and younger women to into the same room and you know doing some of that curation just in terms of who's going to be there and then just letting the magic um um make itself mm-hmm. and and uh and so you know you you this is almost mentoring at scale where it's not just me doing it but how do i bring people who often want to do it but don't know how think it's too time consuming but when you bring people together in this kind of more human social um safe setting they those connections happen and and those mentoring relationships unfold and i will close this off by saying what i have learned is that you get more than you give when mm. you do that this is not work this doesn't feel you know this is so joyous for me especially when i hear from someone a few months or even a few years later saying you know that conversation we had sabine I now have the bet. I now have my dream job because I followed some of those, uh, you know, some of the advice and some of the things we talked about. And wow, is that ever a powerful message to receive? Yeah. 
you know, as we as we talk about ageism and, uh, you know, just it's interesting to see the difference, right, in how men are treated as they get older within the corporate world and how women are treated uh, differently as well. And as we see this kind of unfold uh, in front of us um, in the media in different ways. In looking back, Zabine, would you have done anything differently um, in your journey in the corporate world? Were there sacrifices that you made that you would have uh, done differently, lessons that you've learned that you pass mm -hmm. on to the next generation? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, and looking back there, uh, and this is, I think, particularly relevant to women, but, but increasingly to men, I should have, I would have focused a lot more on just time for myself and well-being, mm -hmm. making sure I always had my oxygen mask on yeah. uh, first so that I could help others and support others. And you would know this as a mom, um, as a, as a professional we tend to deprioritize that. And while I am fortunate that I have, you know, I don't have any kind of long-term um, um, impacts of that. I've really focused on that since I retired from the bank, but um, I can, I, I can recall periods of exhaustion and, and just being really, you know, tired and missing out on things that, would have been fun mm. um and so that's one piece of advice is is really take care of yourself prioritize well-being yeah. the other thing and i'm going to speak now as a woman of color uh, because i think this applies even more so to people of color and and that is the the particularly earlier on in my career this this idea you know if i'm heads down focused on my work doing more um, then I will be, um, I will be seen, I will be recognized and good things will happen to me. And, and that's not the way things work in the corporate world or in, you know, even in other institutions, you have to take the time to, uh, to thoughtfully network, to build relationships to part participate in some of the social aspects in the workplace and um, women and as I said uh, people of color you know tend to have a tendency to to think that the work is, is going to speak for itself so yeah. I would have yeah. I learned that early in my career uh, earlier in my career and made some of those adjustments um, but another I would say another uh, important message um, and then the last thing well I'm you know I could have done better, I think, but did focus on it. But important to highlight is don't miss the amazing moments with children as you mm. as they're growing up. Yeah. And our my kids are now in their late twenties, and and my daughter still reminds me. Remember that time you were supposed to go to a meeting to Chicago, and you canceled it so that you could come to my school concert. Oh. Right? They remember those things. Yeah. They do. The and sacrifices, I, yeah. And, and so uh, make those moments count. Career is not, um, you know, your career is a long game. Mm -hmm. And think about it in that way. It's not a straight path. It's a circuitous path. And, 
the maybe the last thing I'll say here when we're around circuitous path, because again, I did it, but it's hard for people to do. I took a role that would have been considered a demotion mm. uh, because of the learning opportunities that it would give me. And I declined my first executive job that was offered to me because I was a new mom. Wow. I I hadn't figured out how to be a, a mom of two children under the age of three and be a full-time, full-on career um, woman. And I said no, because I knew that my career was a long game. And uh, those are really, those pivotal decisions yeah. are so important to, to go with your heart. And some hard decisions that you made as well. We're going to yeah. take a quick break and we're going to return with Sabine Hirji, former Chief Human Resources uh, Officer at RBC and uh, current Executive Advisor on the Future of Work. You're listening to Toronto This Weekend on 640 Toronto. Before our break, Sabine, you were talking about just, you know, some clear uh, examples of decisions that you made uh, to, you know, choosing your family um, over your job. That's not necessarily the thing that all of us, and specifically talking about women in leadership, feel like they're able to do. Um, and I loved your advice about uh, leaning into yourself, taking care of yourself. That is so, so important. Now talking, you know, and, and uh, walking in this purposeful, you call purposeful third act, uh, one of the roles that you have is being co-chair of the Mayor's Economic Recovery Panel. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about how you see the city right now and what your thoughts of Toronto are as uh, not just, you know, in, in the midst of this mayoral race, but um, just observing where the city is at. Yeah, first of all, I'd say I love Toronto. <laughs> um, I I moved here from Vancouver 33 years ago. Uh, people often uh, want to do it the other way. And certainly uh, people who come here from out west uh, want to go back. But I love this city. And um, I think it, in some ways I, I can go back to my purpose. We need to unlock our potential. Mm. Um, and build inclusive prosperity. We have, uh, we talk about our diversity being our strength, uh, but diversity without inclusion is hollow. Mm. And um, so my, my dream, my aspiration for, for the city is how do we, is, it's, the, it's time to create a vision of what we want the city to be in 10, 20 30 years it's it's really taking a generational um uh, a time horizon to it and getting people in the city much more involved as as city builders as civic leaders uh, i also was uh involved and chaired civic action which is a city building organization for uh for many years and that's that's really what i'd like to see is yes, we have absolutely issues we need to 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 deal with right away. Whether it's it's you know housing or infrastructure, uh, mental health, um, but it's that bigger vision of how great can we be, and then how to bring uh, leaders from all sectors, business, government, academia, not for profits, and and civil society. 
to to be actors in in that and you know a great opportunity for purposeful third actors to get involved and and participate as advisors and in, in in roles like that where they can bring their wisdom their social capital um to to make you know this this city reach its potential yeah how do we how do we do that is that uh like a consortium of of people is that a, a committee how, how do we do that because i think that's something that i hear a lot um, yeah. from a number of guests actually and even uh, callers that call in we need some sort of a portal or a centralized place now I mean that's kind of what city council is supposed to be right our counselors are supposed to be listening to our thoughts and bringing them to a centralized place I, I don't know if that happens or people feel that that's actively happening uh, but what does that look like in order to get us to the future and as you said to, to the greatness of, of what the city mm -hmm. can be yeah yeah and and therein lies the challenge it's uh there's it, a lot of complexity with many different um many different pillars of work and um you know elements to to get it there i i think that it starts and i bring to this in in some ways my experience working with um organizations in both private and public sector just around galvanizing people around this common vision to really unlock our and inspire people mm -hmm. and leaders to play a role um and so i think that's that's the that's you know what where where it starts um and and then it is it it has to be tackled as a complex project there is i i, I don't think there's a silver bullet but um how do you get leaders to stand stand up and and help to move the um the agenda forward um how how do we listen differently um organizations are constantly reinventing themselves in terms of how they listen to their employees or their customers or their constituents um, and it's that notion of modernization in terms of how how the city is run, and they are on that path. But certainly to have an engaged, uh, inclusive um, system. But you know, a, a big part of it is for us to get involved, and everybody should get out and vote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we know that you know that's that's where civic engagement starts, and and that's the challenge that I would put out to Torontonians is learn about the candidates, learn about what they stand for and what their vision is, and make your vote count. Mm -hmm. Yeah, many people say my voice is not being heard. And that is an active way of making your voice be heard. And that's by voting for the next mayor of the city. Zabine, it has been a pleasure. Time has just flown by. A million more questions, so you're gonna just have to come back. But it has, been, love to, <laughs> it has been lovely chatting with you on this Sunday morning. Thank you again. Thank you. Have a great uh, Sunday, everyone. That was Zabine Hirji. She is former Chief Human Resources Officer at RBC and now is Executive Advisor on the Future of Work as well as one of the co-chairs of the Mayor's Economic Recovery Panel uh, and is so passionate about uh, what she calls her purposeful, purposeful third act, how she can give back to the next generation of women leaders and uh, the city in general.